Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. On this episode of Big Drive Energy, we're going to do a little recap of the Arnold Palmer Invitational at Bay Hill. Incredible tournament won by a, a virtual no-name on tour, but really cool to see him almost double his career earnings. And we're going to kick it to ourselves over Zoom with PGA Tour player and corn, current Corn Ferry Tour player and Iowa Hawkeye, Vince India. It was an awesome interview. We got to spend about an hour with him. Hilarious dude. Um, you're going to hear it clean. The connection was pretty funny. Vince was uh, <laughs> having some issues with the iPad, but he was hilarious. Great guy to talk to and just an awesome time all around. I also want to hear about your league you played in last night. Oh, yeah. Just a short uh, recap of your 41. We'll give a quick synopsis. Oh, you didn't have to do that. We'll give a quick synopsis. <laughs> well, I feel the, like that's a great lead in. Of the ex-golf league over here in Colorado. And this is all brought to you by another Colorado company. Pins and Aces are presenting sponsor. They just came out with another fall, or excuse me, another full new spring line. You can go over to pinsandaces.com, use promo code BDE, save yourself 15% off and get free shipping. Uh, there's still a few Yeti items left. The spring line is incredible. They actually shot that down at Dobson Ranch. Uh, we got that hookup as well down in Arizona when the waste management was going on. So make sure you check it out. They got some great new polos. They've even got joggers now. They're getting fully into the game. So check it out at pinsandaces.com. Promo code BDE so they know you listen to this podcast to save yourself 15% off. All right, let's tee it up. Hello, friends. Welcome to this tradition unlike any... Did somebody scream mashed potatoes? That was mashed. <laughs> you didn't have to tell everyone I shot fucking 41. <laughs> I figured that was a good uh, good lead-in. I mean, I think it's way, a way better story that you shot 41 than if you shot like 35. Well, the yeah, so here's how it goes. So... I, can you shoot under par at a fucking simulator? Oh, yeah, the kids in my group had a kid at two under and one under. It's actually... But see, that's horseshit, like putting yeah. and... Well, it's actually... It's fairly legit, so let me lay it out for you here. So you go... Th- it's a league of three players, 3v3. Three three. It's six players on, on one simulator at a time. You alternate, and it's it's played by, you know, who's furthest out, so like normal golf. Yeah. Um, but inside of seven feet is a conceded putt. Oh. But... You do have to... Bet that kid would have been too over if you had to make some seven-footers. Maybe, but you do have to actually like line up your putt. It's like a Tiger Woods game, and then you have a putting... You you get your putter out, 
and the screen is, they say, roughly 12 to 14 feet away from you, and you have to put it over this this line that's about a foot in front of the ball in order to be on the line that you're actually aiming on. Okay. So it does take an actual little bit of skill putting-wise. Um, some of the things that fucked me up were, yard, like, I had 165, and I hit an 8-iron, which I should clearly hit. it. It's kind of like juiced-up yardages. We played Bay Hill, ironically, which oh, is hell kind of yeah. cool. Um, but... They juice up the yardages more towards Colorado yardages, not necessarily at All sea the way. level. Okay. But like I, cl- I cleanly picked an eight iron from 165, and it ends up like a yard short of the green, but bounces back into the water. So that was I made a double on that hole. Yeah, that when sucks. I hit a, you know a good fairway shot and had one eight, 165 in. Yeah, and I was gonna ask you this because I'll, I'll be outraged if this happens. Do you think dudes are gonna and anybody, people, women, men? Are they going to start saying their like best round is like on a simulator? Because I think that's cap. Oh, that, that's you know if they're like, oh, I shot seventy eight in the simulator league this this uh, winter. No, that's I, horseshit. If somebody actually does that, yeah. But I bet there's going to be people out there that do it. Oh god, that I didn't even. <clears throat> that's so far fetched that I, my <laughs> mind didn't even go there. But what um, about fucking that Bryson DeChambeau grinder? I bet that dude that was like. Fucking pu- shit oh, pumping him at the last time. Yeah. Yeah. I bet he probably recorded his longest drives on the simulator. And long drive, I guess, is a little different. Um, yeah. Be- I would say, well, yeah, getting the ball in say. the hole is completely different than just strict distance. Right. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, this. Uh, if you guys follow us on Twitter, uh, you you got the little Spencer live tweeted all of it. He was, was hammered. I was live tweeting. I was drinking a bit, um, <laughs> just but a I, bit. I was live tweeting the league, and this dude brought his girlfriend, and I looked at the guy that I was with on the team, Sean, uh, one of our AWLs. Um, but he uh, he goes, I go, dude, have you ever heard of that before? Or ever seen that? He goes, no, never seen that before. Yeah, and he brought his girl, which. If you bring your girl on like an actual le- like a day of golf, like that's actually a, not a bad play, because they can you know like you've seen the, as TikToks go famous of a girl that's like get your get yourself a guy that golfs so you can read a book for two hours and outside. drink like and yeah sit and, there and, and that part's cool but yeah. this chick just was sitting there working and it's kind of like Meh. she did end up DDing the whole group home but they had like two beers so. Uh, so you should have gotten a DD. So, no, I'm no. You're like, well, that's a little. You're like, you pussies can't drive home or what? <laughs> no, that's a little. That's, yeah, that's, that's going down a bad road. But yeah, yeah, we we but drive overall, responsibly. No, absolutely. But overall, like, if you're gonna bring a DD, like specifically for just an hour and a half golf league, like get into one. Don't yeah. be. Yeah. Oh, for on, sure. They have like, every time you girls. have a DD, you got to get hammered. Like, yeah. That's they just, had Dosecki's girls bringing beers around. For free, which was chill. Um, not a big Dosakis guy, but free beers for if it's free. Free it's for, for me, me. yeah. Um, but yeah, so and then she ended up spilling her drink. But I, I, he did play pull a kind of a douchey move. Like I, uh, and it's actually we're recording this, and this podcast is going out on National either National Women's and Women's Day, I think International, International Women's International Day. Women's Day. Okay, yeah, I saw um, it all over ESPN. Yeah, so and I'm a, like big. I'm I respect women and yeah. and I, I think, we're a big women's advocate yeah, podcast. No, and I say they always should be respected, but to me it's way douchier if you're a a dick to your girl in front of other dudes versus if you are at home that you're just that's just, you know, 
The, trying the, to act tough in front of your buddies exactly. is such a douchebag. Yeah, man. and he like flipped flicked his credit card at her and was like, like "Hey, get, get me a du- double diet and captain, and then get yourself a soda." I'm like, "Dude, what the fuck?" Is yeah, just child? such a like, douchebag. Yeah, it was like such a douchey move. But then I got heated because these guys were just clapping my cheeks around this course, dude. These <laughs> and and I told this. So this is how I look at simulator leagues. I think you're kind of the same way. Uh, I was there. I'm a sub. I'm not on a team weekly. I kind of wish I was because it's actually really fun every time you go. But I told my guys that I was competing with, like, so first of all, my course handicap for nine holes was a five um, because of a couple rounds that I had played, which is is, is even more embarrassing that I didn't <laughs> fucking clean this. Spencer's like middle of the pack on his team. Yeah. Like. No, I, I yeah, I think I was the best on our team and I was the third the third best in the whole group. How many of the guys beat you? Two in your group in the of the six, yeah, probably a lot more around the whole bit. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But just you know, aggravating. I hit some good golf shots, but the they like take your five off, and then your team goes against each other. I think we got our cheeks clapped just in general. But I told I told my guys, I told Sean, I was like, here's how it goes. Like, yes, I'm a golf professional, which uh, that's another topic for the next pod. I think that the video. That oh I said, yeah, you know, the- I'll I'll unleash on some dumbasses here about golf professional, but I'm a golf professional. I should be generally around scratch, you know, one, two handicap, something like that. I consider myself that when I'm playing. Um, yeah, you're currently out of work. Not uh, you're yeah, out of I the mean, golf. I literally you're, had, you were a golf pro. Yeah. I didn't like, even know if I had all my golf clubs in my bag. Like yeah. I, I'm not playing all the time. I'm not playing this league weekly. Um, but I, I do get competitive, but I said to them, I said, Hey, like I, they don't really care about winning either. You which just is, tell them you're a podcaster. Well, <laughs> nobody has any expectations. That's true. But like, I roll in with this like nice bag and like uh, these head covers, and I look like a complete douche, and I know it. I know it. But <laughs> well, at least if I you play gotta, well, you just got to be a fucking chameleon. You got to be a golfer chameleon. So should I there. switch my bag out? My, just, I had the sick pink pins and aces bag no, with just, the sick head covers, but it makes me look douchey when I go out there and fire 41. Just blend in. Just fucking wear a pair of joggers. And, I wore jeans and, and a foot yeah. joy jacket. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. And I would have maybe worn a hoodie. I thought about it. But, throw them off the scent. Yeah, but <laughs> here, <laughs> what I told them is I said, hey, like I'm... I, I'm I want to win. I'm competitive, but I'm not going to be overly douchey and competitive unless these guys are. Yeah. And then they weren't. They weren't douchey, and they weren't like you know rooting against us or anything. Sean says he has an enemy there, which is pretty fucking hilarious. He's <laughs> oh, like, okay. yeah, he's like, that's my enemy over there. <laughs> Sean is a fucking best. He's awesome. But, um, but he, I was like, dude, if if they start beating us down, I'm gonna start like grinding a little bit, oh, and, like you're... trying to pull, like because I don't want to lose. And you get but worse I'm not gonna be when deep. you fucking yeah. Start, and so I started you start getting pressing. pissed, dude. I started getting pissed off, and then these guys are just like being actually semi nice, but then just that probably pissed you off even oh, more. Oh, yep, yep, yep. You're like, yeah, fucking, so... I want to whoop your ass. You're you're more competitive than I am. I would say. I think you get angrier. I actually root for you on the golf course. And I guess it has to do somewhat with our games. But if you and I are playing together, I think I'm a little easier to be around, at least when it's you and I, because we've talked about this. When you're with like Kylie and your other friends, you're kind of the the positive, like happy-go-lucky one. But then when you and I are together, I feel like I claim that prize, not the prize. I'm that person and you're like fucking one bad shot from going completely off the rails. Am I, I, I don't know if I'm super far off on that or not, uh, but it's just uh, an interesting aspect of, of everybody's game. You know how you play differently with different p- people, 
But uh, what what do you think? No, you're not completely wrong. I think it whether this is coincidentally or not. When I'm going out, like with my wife, or you know, my wife, my wife, but like, or just like in a round where I know, like, I'm not going to be the first priority for myself. Like, I'm not <laughs> trying to grind here. Yeah, I actually. Oh, always end up playing better. Yeah. And I don't know if that's coincidence, so then I don't get pissed off because I'm actually hitting it really well. Well, because you don't care. You, you know, you're not... You don't have so much invested, and that's how just you need to play golf more often. You get so invested, like, you put so much pressure on yourself to go perform. That's the opposite of, like, what good golf is. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, but the thing is, is, no offense, but you... If we're being real, you don't really prepare. You don't practice. No. And then you go and you have expectations of playing well. Yeah. Like out of nowhere. But I think my expectations stem from inner imposter syndrome of other people's expectations. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Like I'm like. You expect to play well because everybody else expects you to play well. Correct. Yeah. They're like, hey, I'm playing with a, and I'm doing air quotes here for those of you guys just listening, uh, air quotes, a professional, but like. That means something to other people. So if I go out and shoot 85 and I just got some dude that just goes out on the weekends with his buddies and shoots 85, I'm like, what the fuck am I? Yeah. That, so that's where I think that <laughs> pressure comes from where I'm like, no, like, I'm not going to be douchey about me shooting 72, but I want to shoot 72 and be like, hey, oh, that fucking guy's good. But see, I, I don't think you need to be upset if you shoot 85, like. You just no, need to live with I'm it. Not you know upset. what I mean? I'm more just like down. disappointed. Just like, yeah. Yeah. I'm not I, mad. I'm disappointed. <laughs> no, know? I get where you're coming from. Um, I think we've talked enough about your golf league. Yeah. Let's let's talk about actual good golf and the Arnold Palmer Invitational. That was a fucking fun Sunday. Incredible. This is one of those weeks where I we had Tyrrell Hatton, we had Rory McIlroy, we had we had guys up there. We yeah. had we ended up hitting four of our six top tens. Somewhere in dead heat, doesn't matter. Um, but thank shout out Victor Hovland for at least getting us those units back. Um, Fucking what you, bogey on eighteen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Didn't get up and down Keegan right and off Cam the green. Right to the top ten. Beautiful. Yep. Um, one of the weeks though, where I truly, after it was over, felt legitimately good for the winner that yeah. wasn't on our betting card or, or isn't a guy we take general rooting interest for. Yeah, and it was one tournament where I really wish, like, I was sad when it was over. Because it was that much fun to watch, you know? And they were going backwards on the leaderboard. They were making bogeys. Kurt Kitayama, so Kitayama won, if you live under a rock. Um, he is mostly, he came up on the DP World Tour, transitioned over to the PGA Tour. It's his first PGA Tour win. So he kind of emerged victorious. Like, nobody really thought that he was going to win it coming down the stretch. Let's just be real. I Especially after he made triple on nine, right? That I was like, oh, oh he's yeah, gone. Yep, yeah, he's done. Yeah. I I full fucking um, big catted him, congratulated yeah. him on winning the tournament on And he seven. did, which was actually impressive. Yeah, like, I tried to do it again, yeah. <laughs> and it didn't work. Um, yeah, that and I think underrated, I think, I don't know if you're trying to look up something or say something here. Um, I think the most underrated shot he hit all week, first of all, the last two last two holes, uh, second most underrated, not, I don't know if it's necessarily underrated, second greatest, uh, was that shot on 17 to make birdie on 17, one of the toughest holes out there. It's fucking 215. And I, I don't want to go too far off subject, but that dude hits his iron so far. And he's like my height and probably weighs like 60, 70 less pounds than I do. And he hits irons probably, he was hitting eight iron like 190 yards. At sea level, he hit six iron 220 
I'm like, what the fuck is this dude? What kind of steroids is this dude on? Um, Because he hit it so long for how big of a dude he is. I was very impressed with that. Kind of low-key pissed at myself because I just, like, I'm not doing something right if uh, I'm hitting it that much shorter than he is. But the the best shot I think he hit was that approach on 18, the 72nd hole. That was such a hard fucking shot because he had to carry it exactly the proper distance and he had to hit the exact right line. And I know that's that sounds fucking like thanks Madden, but he couldn't if he missed it left. That was going to be a really tough shot, possibly in the bunker all the way across the green. Obviously, he couldn't miss it right with the water. And if he went long, he was going to have that downhill down slope working away from him trying to hit it onto the green. So he basically had to hit it within a 10 by 10 yard circle and he did exactly that out of that lie which the distance is so tough to control and it was windy like that was just such a fucking impressive shot i i I was like he's making bogey we're gonna have a playoff i was kind of stoked because i really wanted a playoff all the guys that were eight under but uh overall i really enjoyed it i wish more tour events were like that um we just need more of that drama on the pga tour yeah it and did you hear rory's comments do you want to make a? Do you want to comment on what? Did you hear him about live? No, about the tournament. So oh. there's Rory's had James Hahn the whole. But oh about yeah, the yeah, specific yeah. We'll talk tournament, about that. He actually said like, this is not a tournament people want to see because guys were coming back yes. making bogeys yeah. versus making and a shitload see, of See, then I think he he got a lot of pushback on those comments on social media. Like, no, we actually do enjoy this. The everyday fan that plays golf is like, oh yeah, these guys make bogeys too, you know, and they're, they're fighting to make pars and they're jumping up and down the leaderboard. And, and that par five down the stretch was a great Eagle opportunity that some guys took advantage of almost everybody birdied. But if you didn't make birdie, you were losing a shot. So yeah, I, I totally disagree with Rory about like, that's not what people want to see. And the course actually played pretty easy Thursday because it's fairly wet. Um, like that fart you just ripped. But then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it was very, very hard, very challenging. Very, The greens were super firm. It was windy. Yeah, they couldn't land anything near the hole and get it no, to stay there. It even with wild. a wedge. Yeah. yeah, they were, you had to play shorter yardages. It was almost, it, and they say out on tour that it's probably the toughest non-major course that they play every single year. So... You know, I, I really did enjoy it for what it was in a winner at nine under. And that's crazy to think of if you consider this. The leader after Thursday was six under, and then the winner was nine under par. So a lot of those guys going out on the weekends, they were like, well, or on the weekend, they're like, I probably need to shoot two, three, four under. It's And depending on where you were to start the day. But I think the most fun aspect of tournaments like that is I forget who it was. It was Austin Riley. That name just like popped up in my head. Did he shoot like six under on Sunday? Davis Riley. Davis Riley, yes. Davis Riley shot like six under and backdoor to top ten. Backdoor to top five. Yeah. Or Uh, or, I think he was T five. Yeah, he was like T six, T seven. So either way, backdoor one great round. Yeah. Keegan Bradley did that. Keegan Keegan Bradley backdoored his top ten with a sixty seven. Yeah, and I think that's cool shit. Like when you see guys when you when you are in a position on Sunday where one really really good round can shoot you up the leaderboard like that, I think that's fucking fun. And I don't know how everybody else feels, but like with these tournaments, Spence and I were talking about it, with these tournaments where the winning score is 24, 25 under, you have one bad day, you're out of it. Like 
you know, you're if the leader's at eight under after day one and you shoot even par, you, there's really no coming back from that. Like, even if you shoot five under every day the next three days, you're only 15 under, you're losing by eight or nine. So one bad round, everyone even average round can put you out of the tournament. But in tournaments like this where it's so competitive and the leaderboard's so bunched, that one really good round can really vault you up the leaderboard. I think that's fucking fun. Like, and can we talk about Tyrrell Hatton really quick? Because he's my boy. I bet on him. He's my pick. He is the most fun dude to watch. And people love him or people hate him. But either way, you want to watch him because he bitches about everything. He's always throwing tantrums. And I don't think... Do you think he goes too far with the tantrum? To, like, he seems like a child? Because I don't think he goes too far. And there is some guys out there where I'm like, dude, chill the fuck out. Like, I think... I think it depends upon the light you shine on Tyrrell Hatton personally. Because if you think he's funny and you kind of enjoy who he is and think he's like a lot I of people. I think he's great. But yeah, so you don't mind it. If Bryson DeChambeau is doing that shit, oh, a guy I, you don't yeah. like, he's annoying as fuck. Yeah, so definitely I like think, the preconceived notion you have of a dude. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I, I do think it depends upon how you look at it. That's kind of a cop-out answer. But I do think if you don't like Tyrrell Hatton, which I don't think anyone does necessarily specifically. You don't like him? No, they, people I'm saying don't, people don't. Don't uh, it, it, not like him. Yes, yes. Okay, okay. If you don't like him, which I think p- most people do like him. Okay. Is that clear? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then they think it's kind of funny. That's fair. I do think if there's somebody on tour or somebody around that's watching it that doesn't like him for some odd reason, they think it's annoying as fuck. Like, they're not like, oh, that's just who he is. Like, they're like, oh, that's annoying. Yeah. He, Bryson DeChambeau, exactly. Like, he... I don't think he has the like cheating Patrick Reed rules annoyance that those guys do. Mm-hmm. So I think that keeps him on the 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 right side of the fence as far as likability. But I do think the tantrums annoy some people. Yeah, I, I f- agree for sure. I think the one difference, if I had to pick one, would be like he's very self-deprecating. Like he talks shit about himself and his own game. So I think that's where the line is drawn where like Bryson can't admit when he plays poorly, you know, or can't blame himself, but Tyrrell will be like very quick to blame himself, but he'll also be quick to blame the golf course. He feels like it's a golf course. So I think maybe that's where I like it because, um, he's, he's definitely, like I said, if he, it's a bad shot, he's not going to be like, Oh, it was the fucking golf course. But if it is the golf course, like if, if his putt hits a, a bump or, he thinks like Riviera a couple weeks ago. He was bitching about that whole place, which is hilarious. Um, but he'll blame the golf course in that case. But if you blame the golf course every time, it's like crying wolf. You know, you got to occasionally take some ownership, take some heat, and then when when you actually bitch about the golf course, people are gonna believe it. You know, exactly. And nobody bitched about this golf course. Great golf course, great tournament. Shout out to Kurt Kitayama who. Won $3.6 million after having career earnings of 4.1. So shout out to him. Double um, it. We do have to get out of here. But before we do, let's give our picks for the players. I'll start. Once again, like we said, we are giving you each three players. Uh, do with that what you want. We'll give you the odds to win it and to top 10. I am personally betting all six players to both. Um, and so that's how we kind of keep track of our units. But... My guys this week are Mitchell. Actually, had a couple of my guys, so we're we're in again. We were in on Tyrrell Hatton last week. Worked out pretty well. So um, I have Jason Day. He is just a sneaky top ten getter. 
Um, but I am. I do think he has a chance to win this tournament. I believe he's won the players. Uh, maybe a, a while. A while ago. back, maybe like between 2010 and 2015. I think 2015. I want to say right in that. Right yeah, so that was his sweet spot. That was like his career peep. Yeah, peep. but he is coming back and had a great had another top ten last week. Arnold Palmer. Did he really? Yeah. He. Uh, yeah. I, just I, he's just one of those dudes. I just always look over on the leaderboard. Like I don't even see his name there because I just don't look for it. I just. If I'm gonna be honest, I really don't care for the dude's game. I don't know why. I just don't really like him. It's kind of, kind of a. He's Australian, which make, gives him a little swag, but he's not Cam Smith Australian. So no, he's, he's definitely our second favorite favorite Australian player on tour. Oh, we have him on the card plus ten thousand <laughs> yes. from from the gallery. So um, if you see that on our social media, it's a joke. But follow us on social media to get these picks too, especially on Instagram at Big Drive Energy Pod. Jason Day is plus twenty eight hundred to win it. Shane Lowry is plus five thousand to win it. And then uh, Patrick Cantlay is plus 1,600 to win it. Those are my three guys. You can also, with the DraftKings Sportsbook this week, boost one of those winners up to plus 250 more than you wanted. So I'm going to boost Cantlay up to plus 1,850. Uh, And then for those guys to top 10, Jason Day is plus 275. Uh, Shane Lowry is plus uh, 210 to top 20, excuse me, and plus 450 to top 10. And then Patrick Cantlay is plus 190 to top 10. Damn, those are... That plus one ninety is not great odds, but he's a baller. He's gonna have a great Sunday. He's, he's gonna make Uncle everything. Uncle Mo. Yeah, I like that. Okay, so uh, I'm re- riding my boy Keegan Bradley. Uh, I think he was both our week. yeah, both yeah. of our boys. Um, I just like the guy. We've always liked the guy. He's a he's the people's champ. Uh, he's plus four thousand to win. Plus eight fifty to top five and plus three sixty top ten. And that has actually changed since you sent it earlier. He's plus oh. forty five hundred to win that. Oh so fuck get an yeah! Extra five hundred on. Let's there. go. Okay. Um, Cam uh, Cam Young. I was gonna say Cam Smith. Cam Young. So another... Mitchell's just taking copying pasting my card from last week and moving it to. Did this I week. really? No, you, Keegan and Cam. I oh okay. I dude, I love Cam Young. Like watching him swing it. He. He I'm got not gonna no get... TV time last week. That was annoying as yeah. fuck. He was in the top 10 and got no TV time. But you watch him hit driver, dude. He's consistently 185 ball speed. Like, he just fucking moves it. He's one of the most... You watch him hit a ball, you're like, that's fucking athletic. Like, he looks like an athlete. The way he goes at it. Um, Spencer's smoking me out here in the studio. Just, I don't know, what'd you have fucking Chipotle for lunch? No. Illegal Pete's? Just a Sammy. Oh, okay. With dairy on it, probably. No. Okay. Nope. Um, so Cam Young, it's a bad day, <laughs> just a bad toot day. Uh, Cam Young's 45 plus 4,500 to win plus 900 to top five plus 400 to top 10. And then I'm going the big Canadian fuck the goofy looking motherfucker. Corey. I thought he was going to win last week for at one point he like took the lead. He just like, has oh. a great, he's just a very consistent ball striker. Like he just gets it around Uh very, very consistent player. Corey Connors, uh, plus 6,000 to win I like those odds. Plus twelve hundred to top five and plus five hundred top ten. So I don't think you can really go wrong. Those are three just really good ball strikers, and I think same with the guys that you took, um, Jason Day. Eh, but other than that, can't lay a great ball striker. And Shane Lowry, just the big Irishman. He's my boy. So. Yeah, he's top ten to the last two players. He's so. he's out of and he had a hole in one last year. You remember that? Yep. that was, I don't think he's gonna win it, which sucks. But like, you, I, I think he'll be up there. The yeah, 10, he may yeah. not win, but I I he's. He's that kind of dude that will always hang around, but then he'll have specific weeks where you're like, I think he's going to win. 
Yeah, which hopefully is this one. So, <laughs> all right, you guys have a great weekend. Tune into the players' uh, fifth major, one of many fifth majors, but maybe the closest to a fifth major we we have in golf. Great field out there, uh, minus the live guys, which have actually been the, a ton of them in the top five the last couple of years, but still a great field. Should be another great event at TPC Sawgrass. We're going to kick it back to ourselves for our podcast with Vin, uh, our interview with Vince India. Awesome, dude. He's awesome, so dude. fucking cool. Also, you guys, if you're listening to this on any podcast platform that you are, uh, tune into the YouTube, DNVR Sports YouTube. Our full video with Vince will be up um, as you're listening to this. So it will be up on the DNVR Sports YouTube. Make sure to check that out. Give us a like on there. And if you're liking our podcast and enjoying it, give us a rating. That always helps us out, too, on Apple Podcast, Spotify, wherever you may listen to these. So enjoy our interview with Vince India. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Peace. And welcoming on to Big Drive Energy, a guy that is a professional golfer and former Iowa Hawkeye. So basically everything Mitchell and I wanted to be when we grew up. Uh, this guy's done it. Vince India, welcome to the show, man. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us today. Thanks for having me, guys. This is going to be fun. Hell yeah. So Vince, you grew up in Chicago. You're in Chicago now. You just told us there's about to be a, a massive snowstorm. Did you, were you, when you started your like golf career, was that at a super young age or how did you find, get excited about golf and get into golf? I started when I was nine or 10 and not terribly young compared to most guys, but uh, it was, it was a function because I couldn't play team sports as a kid because I was so small and frail growing up like basketball was out of the question football was very out of the question so I played some funny team sports like travel soccer um, and then I got into golf through my dad and uh, it was something that I kind of just enjoyed because uh, it was I could do it by myself Um, team sports wasn't necessarily my thing growing up like I said so uh, I really enjoyed the fact that I could go out there and um, and uh play by myself and get better on my own, not rely on other people. That's sick, dude. Uh, so growing up in Chicago, obviously we're going to get into um, Hawkeyes, things like that, because we're both big Hawks fans. But were you like a Northwestern guy? I know it says you, you were bo- you were born in Deerfield, correct, which is like a Northwest yeah. suburb? Yeah, it's close to Evanston, not terribly far. Uh, but growing up, my dad went to Illinois, and they were – number one on my school to go to, to play golf for, but uh, it didn't pan out that way. Unfortunately, they had, it would have been a real treat to play golf at the university of Illinois. And um, I'm sure my dad would have loved it over going to the Hawkeyes, unfortunately, but uh, that was, that was the team that was uh, shoved down our throats growing up. Like you're an Illini fan, blah, 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 do everything that you can to be an Illini. And both my sister and I went to Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's great. So what was it like going to Iowa and like, what was that process? Like when did you start getting recruited right as you were uh, starting high school or did it take a little bit longer to get that, get that letter essentially, or were there a lot of schools interested in you? Yeah, it it took me a little bit longer than other guys. There's a fall signing period and then a spring signing period for golf. And uh, I, I whittled it down to two, two universities, Notre Dame and Michigan state. And there was a little bit, of a miscommunication between the coaches where they both thought I verbally committed to the other. And all of a sudden like that, both of my top schools just vanished and I was left without a place to sign. Um, 
in December of 2000, 2006, believe it or not. That's wow. That's 16 years. <laughs> oh my God. That's awful to say that in person, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, I didn't sign anywhere in the fall and, and playing in junior stuff that winter, uh, I was just desperate to get on a team and uh, Iowa just fired their head coach for general incompetency and lack of <laughs> just lack of success. So uh I jumped right on board when the assistant came in and he's like, we need some guys out of state, out of the Cedar Rapids area. And I said, fine, put me on that team. I don't care at that point. And uh, luckily enough, the coach I wanted to play for at Michigan State ended up transferring to Iowa and he was my coach for four years. So that worked out really well. And we turned that program around pretty quickly. That That's badass. So I got to ask, I, I think it may have been a little or maybe it was right around the time you were in school. Was that when Illinois was an absolute wagon? Was that when they had yeah. like just ridiculous recruits left and right? Like all those guys are on the PGA tour. It's crazy. Yeah, still are. Obviously there's the recruiting class that I had to go up against was like Luke Guthrie, Scott Langley, um, Christopher who doesn't play anymore now, but is, was a very talented junior player and college player. Um, Thomas Peters is on that team. And uh, just just general studs. Like, no one on that team is average at golf. So um, they were – I mean, they might have won the Big Ten maybe seven years in a row at some point through that Holy span. Shit. Yeah, it was really annoying. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, their, their lack of success in the postseason, I can – I would like to think it would have been avoided if they if Mike Small recruited me. So I'll uh, – I always like to hang that in the back of my head. Like you guys never made a run NCAAs because uh, you didn't recruit me yet. So that's, that's on him. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So was it ever awkward or like, did you actually talk to your coach? You're ended up being coach from Michigan state and be like, dude, what, what happened there? Like that's, how does that get (laughs) miscommunicated? I don't know. We never really talked about it, but I do remember the first interaction and uh, we're like, Hey coach, good to, good to see you. That's how to be fun (laughs) yeah so here this is us (laughs) were you are you the since your sister went to iowa too are you the older sibling sibling and the first one to go so then she just followed you there and you're like oh well we're we're iowa people now that's that's awesome i'm not sure why she followed me i I think she visited me maybe once or twice and um she did have a lot of mutual friends go there as well so um and maybe to spite my father a little bit which is always kind of funny so it's it worked out great like i I hang out with a lot of my college friends and so does she. So we're all pretty tight knit. Okay. So since we're talking Hawkeyes, um, well, I read somewhere you said when you got to that program, it was like a glorified high school team. Did I read that right? Oh, I think we just lost you for a sec. (laughs) Um, So I don't know if you heard the question, my last question, but I read somewhere that you said um, Iowa was like a glorified high school program when you got there. The golf team was not that great. And it sounds like you turn it around. You were like, what, first or second team, Big Ten um, for a couple of years. So give us like an idea of what what turning around the program looks like. And then also just tell us like how much fun it was to go to Iowa, who who, like your favorite football player was, all that stuff, because that. That's just the shit that we love, and like we wish we had <laughs> Iowa for that reason. So the uh, so the golf team was like, I can't even explain to you how non-competitive they were. It was <laughs> it was genuinely if you compiled the best high school golfers from the Cedar Rapids area and then put them on a golf team together, 
I can't explain to you like how not competitive the golf team was. If you put the best players from the Cedar Rapids area onto a golf team together and equip them with a major alcoholism problem, that's what our <laughs> golf team was. It was it was really bad. There was a couple guys there that uh, would show up hungover to workouts and practices and. Um, we, there was a lot of work to be done. So, uh, immediately coach started trimming the fat, like, and you could see it too. These guys were a semester in and you kind of could see the looks on their faces. Like we're not coming back next semester. Are you? And <laughs> co- coach started cleaning up the roster really quickly. And, uh, and throughout the years he brought in a couple key transfers and then recruited fairly well. And, uh, yeah, by the time that we that I was a senior, we finished tenth in nationals, which was two shots out of that final eight, which gets you into match play. Um, we made NCAA's two out of three, two out of four years, uh, which is pretty incredible for Iowa golf since we weren't even on the map. Um, finished runner-up in the Big Ten to Illinois, obviously, and uh, myself and another guy were the first first people to name, be named all Americans for 15 to 20 years. So it was, uh, it was a pretty cool time to be a part of Iowa golf. And, um, and I just hope they can get back to there at some point, but uh, to answer your question, who's my favorite Hawkeye football players. Um, freshman year, I was directly next to Mike Daniels in the, in the dorm rooms. And our thing when we were growing up, or not even growing up, when we were in the dorms partying, we would play Mario Kart and drink Keystone Light till we blacked out more or less. <laughs> and and we would get so we would get a thirty rack of Keystone Light and park our asses in the dorms and play Mario Kart until we would we would fall asleep a sound. That's awesome, dude. Like, and I bet a guy like Mike can probably drink a real good amount. <laughs> that that was our stick. Like, we would we would get a thirty rack of Keystone Light, park ourselves in the dorm room, and then uh, we would drift until we fall asleep. And every now and then, Mike Daniels and a couple of his buddies would pop in, and uh, they would hop on the sticks with us for a couple of rounds. So um, he was always really cool to us. He would shoot the shit for a half hour, then you know be on his way, go to sleep, and. Uh, he was a fun guy to hang out with a ton. Um, I had a couple classes with uh, with Riley Reef. He was a good dude. We took this class called Relaxation Techniques together, and you pretty much got credits for taking naps. It was pretty awesome. That sounds like the best class ever. Yeah, I, uh, I got to sleep next to Riley Reef. It was really cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure He's some a... other people in your dorm did that too. It just wasn't in the class. So yeah, I know exactly. But uh, no, he was a good dude. But I didn't really get too close to many of the football players. Um, there, there was like a run of years where those there was a couple guys tied up with some squirrely shit. So we, uh, I, I, I stuck to the golf team and some other friends. Hell yeah, dude! That's that sounds like so much fun. Um, so talking golf now, you're on the Corn Ferry Tour. You turned pro in what year was it? 2013. 2011. 2011. Okay. So you've been, you've been playing professionally for a while. Um, so you've had corn Ferry tour status for the most part. Uh, you've played in a handful of PGA tour events. looks like you played in the John Deere classic at, at one point, 2018, it sounds like. And, um, being an, I going to Iowa, being an Iowa boy, how much fun was that? And, uh, was that the year Jordan Spieth won it? No, that was before that. Um, I'm not entirely sure who won it. I think Jordan, that was his first tour, and it had to be like 16 or 17, maybe a 
15, even a couple before. Yeah, I think you're right. It definitely wasn't it wasn't 18, but I don't know. That's that just always sticks out in my head because I was like his first tour start and then he wins it. And yeah, period, so it's a good event, honestly. A uh, the 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 town is kind of small. The Quad Cities, it's in the middle of nowhere. The golf course is, but they draw a really good crowd. Um, it's obviously the salt of the earth people. They all love golf. They're all friendly. They're all really into it. Um, so the event itself is a really awesome time, and it was good to see a lot of Iowa guys out there. Um, There's a couple Hawkeyes in the event. I think maybe three or four of us. Um, one was through a sponsor invite, and then another one of us qualified. So we had a pretty strong showing, and it was it was good to see some black and gold out there. It was nice. Yeah. So are you like fully Iowa now? No Illinois connection at all. You're just like, hey, Dad, sorry, we're uh, we're Hawkeyes now. Yeah, I, I hate Illinois. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like the older my dad gets, he's retired and he's got nothing to do but like surf Facebook and look up really shitty memes. So he'll send it in the group chats just to stir stuff. And he'll do everyone. My, my brother in law went to Iowa. Um, one of my cousins went to Iowa. So it's like, it's, it's, it's getting old. Like <laughs> at this point, <laughs> at this point, he needs to give up. I mean, yeah, just clearly a better school all the way around. Yeah, so. exactly. Um, so we actually have some family in Waterloo, Iowa, and nice. that is home to one of the, the biggest like mini tour events in America. Yeah. Um, I never got to play in it. It always like over. I think it's actually the same weekend as the Colorado Open this year, which kind of sucks. They're two of like the best mini tour events. Um Sure. Biggest purses, things like that. But have you ever played in the Waterloo Open? Yeah, I played it. I played in it once. Um, it was very early in my career, like 2012 or 13. Um, I did the whole like Iowa Open, Waterloo Open, probably Cedar Rapids Open as well. You just kind of make a loop out of those three and make it worth your while. But uh, yeah, that's a funny tournament. The golf course is 5,800 yards longer, or something like that, 59, 6,000. It's yeah, it's a total shootout. So it's, um, I don't think I play particularly well, but um, you got to go and do it if you're a mini tour player. You absolutely have to. For sure. Well, I, so I looked it up last year. The winning score for three days was 27 under. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's scary. That's fucking absurd. And then I think the cut after two days was six under. So mm -hmm. uh, you got to play pretty decent. Although I've heard it's basically a pitch and putt. Mm -hmm. relatively speaking, you know, like you just got to wedge it really close and putt well. Yeah. Uh, but, but still, like you got to shoot some pretty ballsy scores out there. And I haven't looked at the list of winners, but boy, if, you know, you're shooting 27 under par for three rounds, like you got game. And I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of guys who've won that tournament that are playing somewhere on the next level too. That's, that's just good golf. doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that on a fucking putt putt course is really good. I don't okay, care. It's, <laughs> it's just absurd. Colorado uh, was a pretty fun tournament too. I played in that one year. Um, I think the same year I qualified for John Deere, two thousand eighteen, five about five years ago now. That's a great tournament. Um, I played with Drew Love in the second to last group when he won, and I'll never forget how. I can't, he really tried to throw away this golf tournament and it, I'll never forget the last two holes he played. It was pretty unfathomable. Well, now, now you got to tell us. Cause I mean, I've, I've kind of, I've qualified and I haven't, and I really don't like that golf course. I think yeah. it's, it's Green kind of Valley funny. Ranch kind of sucks in my opinion, just for, 
for the for what good golf courses we have out here in Colorado, and we'll get into that. But mm-hmm. I don't really think it's that great of a layout to have like the biggest state open in America at. Yeah, um, I could agree. You, you got to tell us how Drew Love tried to piss it away. He uh, he had it going all day. He was just he was rolling it nice, not making any mistakes, and um, he was a few ahead of me, and I knew we were fairly close. There were leaderboards randomly throughout the golf course, and. Uh, I could tell he was in the lead and I had a couple back. I just needed to make a few birdies coming in. That never happened. But he had maybe a one or two stroke lead going into the 16th hole. And there's a pin. Maybe it was 15 or 16. It's the one the dog legs right. There's a pin over a bunker near the water that you just don't even look at. And he looked at it. He flailed a shot over there. It bounced toward the water but stayed up somehow, like within the hazard. And he ended up getting it up and down, which is like a miracle in itself, because that was a pretty hard shot to get within a couple feet. And then uh, kind of futzed around, made some pretty easy pars on the next two holes. He gets on the 18th hole, and I'm pretty much out of it. I, I know I'm like three back at this point. Um, and he hits driver. He pull hooks it. And there's a car path going on that left side where that little stupid pond is for no reason. He hits it left of the car path in between the water, and it, like, plugs in the rough. And I, I watched it stop really go. That's just the luckiest thing I've ever seen. That's like a five-yard wide gap that the ball just refused to bounce. And then uh, I hit my shot on the green. I'm watching him figure out what the hell to do, and he lays up, lays up in that silly bunker that, like, winds around the marsh with the fence, right? Mm-hmm. And – I'm a few, I'm about a hundred yards ahead of him, just watching this play out. He lays up in the bunker, gets in there, and he's standing over, figuring out what to do for like 90 seconds, maybe two minutes. He pulls a club, and he tops his bunker shot. It went like 10 feet. <laughs> and now I'm thinking, like, oh my god, this is a disaster. Like, like that couldn't have moved more than a couple yards. And he's got virtually the exact same shot, except he's closer to that fence. Because you know how that wooden fence comes in, like protects you from the wetlands. Like, don't go in here. This is a protected area. Now he's like within a couple feet of this fence, and I'm up by the green. And I look at my cam, like, oh my god, he's. I mean, there's puke all over his shoes. Like, I don't know what the hell I'm about. To say. Like, anything could happen at this point. He might make a twelve. And before I could finish another sentence, he pulls out a gap wedge, and hits this towering shot to like two inches <laughs> and makes oh, a shot. Oh and I just, I, I go out, I look at my camera, like, what the fuck just happened? Like he played the sloppiest hole of golf. I think I've ever played in my life, a scene in my life. And he's going to walk out of here with a one shot win. Remarkable. It was the dumbest thing I've ever seen in a, in a long time, but that's the kind of who he is. He's a big <laughs> so do you kind of relating that to this past weekend? Um, we actually, so we're pretty avid betters um, and we bet on every golf tournament and we had Chris Kirk this past weekend. Do you watch the PGA tour when you're not playing? I do. Yeah. Not playing uh, on the weekend? Yeah. I do like watching the tour just because um, I'm just genuinely interested in how they portray their product as they call it. Um, I'm the chairman of the player advisor console on the corn Ferry tour. So I feel like it's my, it's my job to, I guess, look at golf in a different lens and make sure I can provide some feedback if asked. But I do, I do watch a lot of golf. I was watching PJ tour live this morning. Um, and, uh, if it's on, I'll put it on. I really don't have a problem. Usually I just 
put on mute of anything to avoid the announcers. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, a good. So you do, think the announcers suck as much as we do? It's really bad. Yeah, um, it's it's brutal, man. It's uh, I just wish they would shut up. If they don't need to talk, just I want ambient noise in the background sometimes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. The the sad part is is a lot of the time they're feeding like misinformation. I wouldn't call it misinformation. I mean, it's not politics or what, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's not that serious, but it's like, they're, they're not actually being factual with what they're, they're just making the general golf audience dumber for yeah. listening to them, yeah. uh, which is pretty unfortunate. Like I'm pretty sure Brandel Shambly has got us blocked on all social media. Um, he's just brutal to listen to. There's so many other guys where you're just like, what the fuck are you saying, man? Like I, you're making everybody dumber for listening to it. Yeah, they just they talk when they don't need to talk, and it's, it's so, there's less is so much more in my opinion sometimes when you're when you're watching golf specifically. But um, I don't know, they'll figure it out hopefully. There's a couple new additions, like I think the team of Colt Nost and Smiley are doing a great job. Um, I think those guys are great personalities. But uh, don't get me wrong, like golf is pretty hard to watch sometimes. Yeah, I think the the cool part about the infusion of a guy like Colt Nost and Smiley Kaufman is like they have played like on the current tour. You know, mm-hmm. some of these older guys that have been on, they're like, oh yeah, the, I was on the tour, yeah, in like 1970 or whatever it ends up being. <laughs> Colt mm-hmm. Nost is like fresh off the golf course and like played with a lot of these dudes, so he mm-hmm. offers a much better perspective from that lens versus like these. 80 year old dudes that are like, Oh yeah. When I, you know, I hit a, I hit a persimmon wood up to the, you know, the right bunker. It's like, okay, dude, your, your take is, is old. And and yeah, they're just normal dudes too. Like Smiley's a pretty normal guy that went through some tough shit in his golf career. And Colt is obviously Colt. He's a good hang. And um, I'm sure he fits in with any circle of friends too. So it's, it's nice to see like just normal guys talking about golf and it's not some, I don't know, just some stuck up old waspy white haired guy, you know, you know, spewing bad shit nonsense. <laughs> yeah. So were you thinking the uh the same thing I was on eighteen when Kirk hits three wood and <laughs> rinsed it? What <laughs> the fuck are you doing, dude? I know. He's just that's that's pretty nuts. Like <laughs> you know five's probably gonna get you the win there, so you kinda just blast it over uh left of that bunker, but hey. That was probably the only shot he hit right all week. Like every ball he's hit pretty much his entire life turns to the left and that's the one that doesn't. So that's, that's, that's the crazy thing. So, but uh, he's a good dude. I'm happy for him. We played, we had a little battle. I wouldn't even call it a battle. He smoked me in a final round a couple years ago to beat me by a few, but uh, that was right when he came back from his, his little bout with alcoholism. So I'm, I'm happy for him and he's a good dude. So I don't mind seeing him having success. Yeah, and he's out there leading today after the first round, him and Cam Young. So Isn't that something, yeah. Yeah, he, he's rolling now. It's it's crazy when you see these guys get hot and they, especially a guy like Chris Kirk, won seven years ago, but then wins mm-hmm. now, and now it's like, watch out. Like, you can see, like, you know, who knows if ever we're going to see a Scotty Scheffler type of run again. You know, John Rom's kind of doing that stuff. But, like, once once a player's dialed in, and I'm sure you've been in, in zones where you're like, mm-hmm. oh, man, like, I don't I don't think anybody out here can beat me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of how it works. Like, you you'll find yourself making the majority of your money either on the PGA Tour or the Corn Ferry Tour within like a month and a half window, where you just your your touch is really good. Like, you just kind of find the zone with your your irons. Like, you just hit your numbers consistently, and then all of a sudden, like, you start hooping putts too. So it's um, everyone finds the vortex now and then throughout the year. It just hopefully it comes at the right times, you know. 
hundred percent. You just got to ride those highs. Um, So speaking of players that you've played with, give us one dude, two part question. Don't want to, don't want to throw too much in here. Just one dude that you played with and you're just like, Holy shit, this guy's built different. Like this guy, even as good as you are, you felt like he was maybe on a different level than you. Mm-hmm. Like this dude is unlike anything I've ever seen. And mm-hmm. then give us a guy that like is sneaky, cool to have like a beer with, like that you didn't think you'd enjoy, but you ended up really enjoying. I remember uh, we're going way back. It's uh, I was in college right before I turned pro. We were, I was in China playing the in the university games. And we got paired with the Japanese in the second round. And I was paired with Hideki Matsuyama. And uh, they were wearing capris with, like, Srixon yellow visors. And he had spiked hair. I was like, what the – what's going on? Who are these guys? And uh, he shot 62. And I thought, holy shit. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Is this guy a pro? Is he an amateur? I have no idea who this is. But I just – I saw some stuff I've never seen in my entire life. And – I felt extraordinarily inadequate at that moment in time playing golf next to this dude. Like everything he did was so much better than what I was doing. And uh, yeah, I felt really small in that time span. <laughs> did, did, he, did he still have that like, well, his eccentric, like pause at the top type swing? Is that It was more so. It was forever? way more pronounced at that point. Really? It was like, it was a full blown, like he's kind of, he sped it up a little bit in transition. Like, we're talking milliseconds, but it, it, you you would probably be able to like as soon as he got to the top, you could probably like put something on the top of his club head for a brief second, and then he would just absolutely mash it. It was very noticeable, and uh, it was like something I've never seen before. Yeah, that that dude seems like, and I mean, at least you can look back now with the career he's had and be like, okay, so he's actually. Yeah. gotten to the point that it seemed like he could get to so yeah i kind of saw that coming like hmm, I, f- I feel like i'm gonna see that guy doing some really cool things in the game of golf so you should have put a like a betting future on him to win a major in the next 10 years or some shit like <laughs> or his dad uh, yeah god silly me all broke and having no money let's put let's, <laughs> let's go put a betting future on someone like that. <laughs> that's kind of insider information a little bit though you play with somebody yeah. and you're like holy shit they're yeah yeah, These don't tell the PGA awesome. Tour. We're not supposed to gamble on golf either. So, this is a, yeah. <laughs> but uh, the other to answer the other part of your question, um, there's only a there's a few people that I would prefer to hang out with if I'm traveling tournament to tournaments. It's not a lot. There's I, I like to hang out with the caddies more so than other players. Um, I mean, these guys are like technically my coworkers. Like my friends are in Chicago. My friends are in Denver. Like, I don't consider a whole lot of guys on tour to be my friends, but I really enjoy Evan Harmeling. Uh, he's, uh, I've known him for a long time. We played on Latin America together, more or less traveled the world, stayed together um, a, a dozen times or so. And uh, he's a, he's an awesome dude, free spirit, very well educated, went to Princeton, played golf. So, like, I enjoy just shooting the shit with him, talking about absolute nonsense. Um Sam Saunders is a good hang too. Really enjoy his company. He's a normal dude. Lives in Colorado Springs, I think. So um, he's got a pretty similar worldview. But um, those two guys, if I were to go and and uh, grab a beer with any of those two, it'd be Evan and Sam. Nice. Yeah, so speaking of hanging out with caddies, they seem like fun guys, but apparently you had a caddy that didn't want to hang out with you. 
um, and <laughs> just <laughs> just dipped dipped on you. Um, can you tell that story? Yeah, that was in Q school. That was first stage in 2017 or 18, I would like to say. Um, we were in Dothan, Alabama, which is just an absolute horrible place. But in the middle of August, it's it's 90 degrees. It's There's no wind moving. It's 100% humidity, so it feels like it's 105 or so. And um, the guy I hired was a little bit of an older fellow, but at the same time, um, you know, he's done this his entire life. He, he knows how to hoof a bag. And I'm not sure if he was uh, under the weather or a little hungover, but I'm riding the cut line pretty hard going to the first stage, like kind of had a pretty shaky first couple holes, made a sloppy double at some point. And uh, I know where I am going into the back nine. And uh, he, uh, I could tell in the front, he was just not just lagging behind a little bit, not doing well. And at the turn, he goes, I, I, I can't, I can't make the back nine, but I'm like, oh, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I would have rather have you quit before this round even started. Yeah. Instead of the beginning of the back nine where I need to kind of make something happen um, to get through the first stage of Q school. And uh, he, he couldn't do it, which is understandable. I could see it. Like he was, he was pretty gassed at the moment, whatever was going on. Um, but uh I went, I shot, I shot 400 of that nine and, uh, got through somehow, but, uh, that was a little stressful in my opinion. Like there's better times for someone to quit on you, obviously. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's probably never a good time for that, but with what you were trying to deal with. And then I assume you just picked up your own bag and just start hoofing it. Yeah. The crazy thing is the guy that I was staying with was like this 70 year old, like dairy farmer. And he's like, Vince, I'll pick up the bag for him. I'm like, Jesus, Mike, no, it's going to be okay. <laughs> like I don't need two people dying on me in one day. Just go ahead and walk around. Everything's going to be just fine. Like I'll figure it out. What could possibly go wrong? I mean, <laughs> can't get much worse. Jesus. I was going to say like with those heat indexes, you they're like old people. They tell them to stay inside because they can die. Yeah, so, that's yeah, um, that's it wasn't pretty. I, I guess you can't fully, fully knock the dude for. Di I mean, obviously not cool to dip out on you, but you probably rather have that than him having a heart attack in two holes or. Whatever. Yeah, the more I look back on it, I was like, boy, it's, I was probably for the best. I get in, inside for some air conditioning. Um, that was the last thing I didn't need to look after somebody and then worry about somebody while I'm worrying about myself and worrying about, it was just, been, it would have been awful. <laughs> oh yeah. It just does not sound like a, a good situation in general. Mm -hmm. um, so I kind of sifted through your Twitter. You're, you're a good follow. Mm -hmm. You don't tweet that often, but uh, there's <laughs> definitely some tweets that I, I liked. Um, well, first of all, I was going to say, if you ever need any tips on gaining weight, uh, we're right here. So we can, oh, beautiful. Yeah, we, we can help you with that. You follow me around for a week, you'll be up 10 pounds easy. Um, <laughs> it sounds it seems like you like scotch by your by some of your yeah. tweets. Mm -hmm. um, give us some of your favorite scotches. What else are you into? Uh, we're both connoisseurs of brown and clear liquids of the sorts. <laughs> you don't discriminate when it comes to booze? No. No, I don't have a preference as long as it's getting me hammered. So, <laughs> the um, the first scotch that I ever tried, which is the scotch that really got me hooked, was Lagavulin. Um, that's not true. It was Lafroig. I'm sorry, the Lafroig double cask, cask strength. Jesus, that was so long ago. It was ten years ago that I first tried scotch, 
And Laphroaig is a very peaty and earthy. It feels like you've taken a campfire and shoved it in your mouth. And for some reason, I really enjoy that. Um, <laughs> and uh, a lot of my friends are bourbon drinkers. They're, uh, like The guys in Jacksonville, are, a lot of them are from Tennessee and Indiana and Kentucky, and they love bourbon. But I like scotch a ton. I think it's a little bit more well-rounded of a flavor. Um, I enjoy like the smoky campfire bit to it. Um, and um, Lafroig Tenure was one of my go. It's always one of my go-to's, and in fact, at the moment as well. So that's uh, that's usually always on my shelf. Um, but I, I won't hesitate to have a bourbon every now and then. Um, and uh, it kind of depends on the situation. Like if I go out to dinner, I'll have. Uh, several gin martinis and then get thrown out and, uh, <laughs> and uh, that's about it and if I'm you know if if I want to drink beer I'll drink beer too so I like the vibe um, my one thing with scotch is the hangovers just get fucking wicked especially if you really? huh. for, well okay I gotta preface it with like we'll always one of one of our like uncles growing up he's not technically our uncle but uh, <laughs> our our by by friendship of my mom's um our like uncle he always so we actually would drink log of woolen that was his scotch of uh preference That's tough. Yeah. yeah so we drink log of woolen and then uh we would smoke cigars oh, and, <laughs> and this was like i mean we do this once a year it's just like we stay up till three or four in the morning mm-hmm. have way too much to drink smoke smoke stogies and like And I think it's the stogie that really accentuates it and like really ruins it for you the next morning. But Uh that is my one thing with scotch is just like the hangovers sometimes because it feels like and you probably know more than I do. But like the peatiness of it, it just get like gets to you. And when you're yeah, it kind of stays with you. I know what you mean. Exactly. It just lingers. It's there. Yeah, I, I love scotch. There's a very high correlation of me drinking scotch and playing really good golf. So there's, it's. I have a couple of really funny stories. There was. I'll, I'll make it really quick. Uh, Q School Finals one year in Arizona. I was fussing around like I was, boy, in mid mid hundreds, like one twenty to one thirty with two rounds. Couple of at this really easy desert golf course, and my buddy Brad, who's down there as well, playing in. He goes to me, Vince, what's going on? I was like, oh, I don't know. I just feel like I'm playing shit golf and I haven't been drinking a whole lot. He's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you haven't been drinking? I'm like, yeah, I just took a break kind of. And he goes, all right, we're going to go have dinner and you're going to drink four scotches. Uh, and then I, I did exactly that. And I shot 63 the next day <laughs> and moved up like 90 spots on the leaderboard. <laughs> so that's uh, that that has happened a few times, actually. But that's probably the most recent since I haven't drank a whole lot it's once you get to 30 years old man it's just hangovers like the thought of even being hungover makes me hungover so (laughs) (laughs) it's not worth the the pain you put yourself through anymore no it's uh i don't i used to be able to tolerate it really well um even the place i would go to uh to do second stage at q school in brooksville florida i would stay with an awesome family every year for four or five years straight we would have uh, three fingers of scotch every night, um, wake up the next morning and shoot three to four under every round and just move on gracefully through second stage. And that's just, that's not the cards anymore for some reason. <laughs> that's yeah. fire. You just, 
you, you just look forward to going down to Florida to drink scotch and enjoy yourself. And then, yeah, yeah. You, now I need to stretch. I need to meditate. I need my green juice in the morning. I need my matcha. Uh, I need to burn sage. I'm just a huge pussy all of a sudden. <laughs> God, what have I been Dude, I, I feel you on a much less better golfing level. Like I'm about to be 30 and it's just like I, I, I've tried to drink every other day. I've tried to make that a thing. But then like this, like I drank a good amount last night, a couple of margaritas. And my problem is I never like drink the same thing. Mm. So that's really not a, not a good play. I'll have like a margarita and then I'll switch to a vodka soda. Then I'll have a beer, then a seltzer. Yeah, and, I, and I woke up this morning at 3 a.m. and was like crawling to my fucking fridge to get water. I was Where's like, my Xanax? <laughs> yeah. like, Help me. I need a bar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, oh, Spence, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, yeah. So on, you are hilarious on Twitter. Is that like a, is that like a bit or you just don't care? You're just like, uh, you just like to say, you know, like yeah, you I get out there and I'm not a, I don't have a whole lot of thoughts anymore. Like I was pretty active in the last couple of years, but like part of me is like, how active should I be? Like, I don't want it to be like an enormous presence. I feel like it's a waste of energy sometimes, but Every now and then I'll have something absolutely ridiculous come into my mind and whether it's like watching golf or I'm with a buddy and I'm like, well, that's, that, that clearly needs to be stated on Twitter. And then <laughs> I've gotten as older I've gotten, the more I'm like, well, let's let's just put that in the draft section and wait till the tomorrow morning and see if that's still a good idea. But it, it almost sounds like there's a correlation between how much you drank and how much you tweeted. Yeah, that yeah, that there was there was. Yeah, there was definitely plenty of times where I'm scrolling through my time. I'm like, delete, <laughs> delete that too. Oh my dear God. I need to go as well. What were we doing last night? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. That's uh that we're both big Denver fans. So if, if you, uh, I don't know if I would recommend following Spencer on Twitter cause he just goes on. You, you can just tell when he's a little sauced up and he goes on <laughs> nuggets rants and starts and then he's got a burner account that nobody knows about and he starts Ooh. yeah he, he goes <laughs> he bad. runs deep with trolling, aren't you? Uh, yeah that that's one's fun part is he's almost 30 like you've realized at your age like okay i need to dial it back he's like leaning into it like his wife's four months pregnant at this five months pregnant mm-hmm. and he's just like going further down so <laughs> i love it who cares no breaks baby all gas it's commitment it, exactly kidding. yeah there's no looking back now um, so kind of a, we, we actually followed you at the, um, well now it's called the ascendant. I think mm-hmm. two years ago, maybe it was called something different up here in, uh, in birthed and mm-hmm. just kind of want to get your thoughts. We followed you through basically like 14 through 18, I want to say on Sunday, oh, cool. um, in 2021. Yeah. And it was funny cause we were just like, we were just hanging out, watching some good golf and Shit, hitting, I was playing uh, well watch, yeah, yeah, you were, you were playing really sticks? well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You balled out. Sure and uh, you're, uh, I saw one of somebody in your family had the Hawkeye stuff. So that was one of the things <laughs> we were like, oh, we were kind of gravitated towards that. And then cool. we, we were just following you around during that whole round. But I think, um, we, what ended, is, I think we ended up talking to your wife for a period of time. Yeah. Megan was probably out there. I know my sister was out there too. She, yeah, she wrangled up a whole bunch of people, which is cool. So yeah, that's awesome, man. Did you see what um, they did this year? I'm sorry to segue. No, my, no, you're good. My sister brought out a bunch of friends on Saturday, and each of them was wearing a T-shirt 
with my face on it, but they were all different faces of me making stupid faces from Facebook. <laughs> it was really dumb, but really funny at the same time. They were cool again. They were getting drunk, doing our other things on the golf course. I'm like, that's that, my that's all right. Yeah, that's got to be good vibes for you. Like everybody out there watching you, you're like, I got to oh, yeah. Like, I never play bad in front of my like my sister's my good luck charm. I always play good when she's around, and um, it was good vibes whenever that whole group is. But sorry to interrupt, Spence. No, you're good, man. What what? So, what are your thoughts on uh, TPC Colorado and how it compares to some of the other courses on the Corn Ferry Tour? It's a top five golf course for sure, um, and uh, in general, I think it's probably it might be my favorite term of the year. Um, Damn. between like, I just like going to Colorado. I have family f- there, um, lots of friends as well. So it's, uh, I stay with my sister. So everything's all Hakuna Matata there. And I really like the golf course. It's very different than what we play throughout the year. So it's, uh, it's, it asks a little bit more of your golf game compared to some other, the golf courses that we play out three throughout the year. It's, it's longer. You got to hit, um, some pretty demanding iron shots. Um, the greens are firm and fast, so it's very a unique challenge for us. And um, I still think it's it's easily top three amongst everyone unanimously, but probably my favorite tournament. Wow, that's that's pretty cool to hear that because we really don't know, you know, where everybody stands. Because Colorado has kind of been shunned from professional golf because of the whole distance theory yeah. of altitude. You know, they don't think you can make a course long enough to play in Colorado. Um, so, like, do you think? yardage wise it's pretty adequate like honestly and i'm not a long hitter spencer's a a fairly long hitter but like 17 and 18 out there both play like over five bills as part four so it's plenty long let me tell you there's a par three that's 280 yards and i mean it doesn't play that but still it's um even elevation that you hit the thing i like about this place is like you get to hit all the clubs in your bag you're just not ripping wedges and and just hitting your four iron over and over again you just you go through your bag throughout the entire round and um that's why i like about that golf course got a lot of variety to it yeah yeah so is there is there like extra did you notice the guys like in the locker room and stuff that week or there's is there extra preparation that goes into that or because of the yardage differences and and how it plays or is it kind of just like a normal week and they just deal with it I think it's kind of a normal week. If anything, guys will do, they'll bring out their track bands and their flight scopes and their, their foresight GC quads on the range, which are all um, those radar devices. And they'll just try to dial some yards in to make sure the altitude, they they have a, a good idea of it's 10, 12, 15% at times. Um, if anything, that's that's there's a little bit more preparation on the range just to figure out um, how far the ball is going at certain times of the day. Yeah, that that is the weird thing is I I think people started to find out that with elevation, the higher you hit it, the further it goes. So like wedges, you'll catch some crazy ass flyers on like drivers. You're going to gain, you know, maybe five to 10 percent. But there's a there's a few like short, short irons or wedges where you just catch them and they go 20, 25 yards further than you thought they would. Um, so I, I want to transition back to Chicago real quick because. Uh, I think that Chicago is probably one of the best cities in America for golf. Sure is. <laughs> so give us, give us like your top few courses. Like I, I had a friend who's, whose dad's a member at like Cog Hill and then 
you've got Medina, you've got, I, I mean, there's just yeah. like service farms. There's just championship golf all over the place. Mm -hmm. That's funny. So all three of those golf courses you just said aren't even in my top 10 in Chicago, which is, but you Holy can consider shit. those are the ones that are like, the ones that have hosted majors and big championships, like obviously Medina is about to blow up number three and completely reconceptualize their golf course and what it's, it's going to look like. But um, in my opinion, I haven't played Chicago golf yet. That's like, I haven't really uh, got out to yet, but um, shore acres in no particular order, shore acres, old Elm, uh, Skokie, Butler National, and probably Olympia Fields, the North Court. So those are those are some, those are my top five right there. I'm pretty partial to the North Side of Chicago. They uh, like the topography on the lake there. You got the ravines and acres, and you got some really cool uh, designers and what old school golf, more or less, up there on the North Side of Chicago. We're spoiled, that's for sure. Yeah, you you feel it feels like you can turn just about anywhere in Chicago, and and you've got good golf. I think I made a mistake though. Is Butler Butler National is the men's only club, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, so that that's the one who I have a friend that their dad's member at, and I I guess that's just insane because we have one men's only club left out here in Denver. Um, Which one's that? Uh, it's called Bear Creek. Oh, cool! I didn't know that. Huh. Yeah, yeah, it's actually probably the hardest course in Colorado, like Arnold Palmer designed it. Mm -hmm. And before he passed, the owner had him back out to like redesign it and he wanted to make it harder. And Arnold Palmer flat out told him, he's like, I'm not making this place any harder. Like, wow, that's cool. It, yeah. It's, it's not a long course, but it's super demanding. Mm -hmm. um, I shot 70, I shot one over par out there the first time I played it and I was playing with four other plus handicaps and mm -hmm. I was the only one that broke eight. Like, that's cool. Yeah. Hey, well, if you, if you ever come to Chicago, we can go play Butler, and then um, we uh, I happen to be a member out there, so we can do like a breaking 80 challenge if you guys want to, because <laughs> oh my or maybe breaking 90 from the tips because it's fucking impossible. <laughs> oh, my God. We Okay, so we definitely got to get that on the books. We got to come out and play some golf in Chicago. Yeah, that'd be really fun. We would do it right. Hell yeah. <laughs> Love that. So, like – being from Chicago where it's, you know, now we're in living in such a different world now where, you know, in Denver here where we live, there's a million simulators and all that mm -hmm. stuff popping up. So kids have no problem practicing all winter. Mm -hmm. What was it like as a, even going to Iowa, did they have like a good facility where you guys could just swing all year round or were you trying to, do they take you to different places, you know, Florida, Arizona, stuff like that, where you can play? Cause it feels like the kids in Arizona and granted, that's why most players move there now. Mm -hmm. um, but they had like a, they have a distinct advantage over, you know, back in the day, of course, yeah. now with all the simulator stuff, the technology's off the charts and there's a simulator popping up on every corner here at Second right. Denver, it seems like. But what was that like to be able to to try to practice and be, you know, become a professional golfer like you did with when you can't play year round? Yeah, it's honestly, I didn't mind taking time off in the wintertime. Um, like we we grinded pretty hard from April all the way through the first week of November. So I had no problem shutting it down, but um we did not have wonderful facilities at Iowa when I first got there. Like we had this really janky putting room in the field house and it was like above a racquetball court. And it was just like someone grabbed some AstroTurf from Home Depot and like 
drill a few holes in it and, and put a couple mirrors on the walls and said, here's your putting room. I go, oh my. <laughs> so we, uh, that was one of the places where we would do short game. Um, there was a casino course at Riverside where they had, they had those uh, indoor to outdoor garage bays where you could actually hit golf balls in the wintertime, but we would only go there maybe once a week. Um, so our ability to hit like legitimate golf shots in the wintertime was close to zero. We would hit a few golf balls in the football dome, but uh, you could use limited flight golf balls and, um, and uh, actually fake golf balls too, because you can't hit a real golf ball. Otherwise you'll puncture the dome. And then all of a sudden, you know, you lose a couple scholarships, who knows, but uh, there's no right, right after we graduated, I will build a great indoor facility for the kids. And uh, it's a big old, it's probably a 4,000 square foot facility, locker rooms, lounge, uh, big putting green, and then three garage bays with track band, foresight, all this, all the technology you could possibly want. So um, it was a challenge for us, but uh, I also enjoyed getting away from the game. Like I have no problem coming up to Chicago right now and shutting it down for two or three weeks at a time and um, just getting in the gym and trying to get my body back for a couple weeks at a time. That's something I've always done and I don't mind doing to this day. Hell yeah. I think a, a good break, especially more mentally than anything is, yeah. <laughs> is good, good for golfers. Like you grind too many weeks in a row and um, it just gets too old and you just, you, you can't really wrap your head around it. Um, so I, I, I pretty much asked everything is fence. Do you have anything else? I was just going to ask about your schedule this upcoming season. Mm -hmm. Like what's it look like for you? Next thing I got on the books is um, the Valspar Monday qualifier because we're in the middle of a five-week break for some stupid reason in our schedule. So we have our next event is the week of March March twenty-third, like isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. It's uh, it's the last weekend of March. Um, yeah, the twenty-third is when they go to Savannah, but the week before that. I'm going to do the Valspar qualifier for the PGA tour just to play in something. Um, I have a wedding in Brazil the week of the Savannah event. So I have to skip that. Um, and the next time I'll tee it up is in Chile on the corn Ferry tour. Um, so then we have Chile a week off master's week. Um, and then we're in Arlington, Sarasota and Huntsville, Alabama. How about nice. that trio? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I, and I noticed too, like, what do you think of the whole Corn Ferry, like, international, like, you're playing in Chile? And, like, is that inconvenient? I'm sure it's pretty cool, but, like, is it kind of a pain in the ass? Yeah, it 100% is. Like, beginning the Bahamas is not fun for – I mean, it, it's fun if if your accommodations are right and you can plan it early, but the guys coming out of Q school uh, have to book stuff so late sometimes. Um, it's expensive. Just if you go to the Bahamas, that – each tournament is going to run you at least three grand, no matter how you cut it. Um, but that being said, they're fun places to go to. Honestly, some of the harder golf courses we play are in the first couple events. So um, I feel like that's conducive to my golf, um, but not, not everyone agrees with me. I think Panama is a wonderful place, great golf course. Colombia is one of my favorite cities in the world. So I have no problem going and playing golf in Colombia. Um, 
and then Chile, Santiago is a beautiful town, and uh, I'm excited to go there as well. I haven't been there in about eight or nine years, so it'll be good to get back. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome, man. Well, dude, good luck in that uh, that Valspar Monday. These we kind of we follow Monday Q or Monday Q info on mm-hmm. Twitter, and he's like a great follow. Yeah, um, and th- it's insane the scores they're shooting. So that just had my one question: is like, what's the lowest score you've ever shot, or what's like the greatest round you feel like you've ever played? I shot. I shot sixty one a few times. Um, I shot. 61 in a u.s open qualifier which is really useless like i mean i mean you could have shot 68 and been totally fine but i went and shot 61 and they weren't even handing out checks at this stupid event because it was local qualifying (laughs) so that was kind of useless i shot another 61 when i was playing in a in a friendly round right before the masters with some buddies um and then my lowest round on tour is 62 a couple years ago at st augustine so um arguably i would if i were to say my best round i've ever played i shot um probably five years ago in second stage of q school in alabama nonetheless um i shot 66 to get through on the number in second stage to get into finals which is the most important thing um so that was i wasn't playing well and i kind of pulled a rabbit out of my hat there and uh I still look at back. I was like, man, how did you just do that? Like nothing was, nothing was nice, but you, you just got it in the hole. And sometimes that's what it's all about. Just take some stones, man. Some totally, yeah. <laughs> well, dude, we're definitely going to have to say uh, what's up. Are you playing in the, uh, the ascendant this year? Oh yeah. Yeah. I'll be there. Oh, yeah. Come out. Yeah. We'll, we'll hang out for a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'd love to do that. And uh, dude, good luck at the Valspar Monday Q. You've got some fans in us now. Um, we're gonna be fucking blowing up your Twitter. We're just gonna be tweeting. Do it. You. Yeah, why not? We're gonna watch it. We're gonna get you back. We're gonna get you active on there again. I'm fine with that. I probably need to establish my presence again. Let's do it. We'll <laughs> help you. Yeah, yeah, we'll help boost that up with our 1,300 massive amount of followers. Woo! <laughs> we'll just be in your replies on everything. We'll just be like, great tweet, Vince. <laughs> like, no, no matter what it is, just whatever take, we'll be like that. That one more scotch, out. Vince. Come on, you can do it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Have another yeah, yeah. margarita, Spence. Yeah, seriously, yeah. Spence. <laughs> yeah, you have a little a little rough Friday night. We'll just get you on the scotch. Saturday, Sunday, go fire a couple 68s, and you'll be fine. There we go. Now we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, thanks so much for taking the time to join us. We appreciate it. Um, you can follow Vince on Twitter at Vince. Uh, let me see if I get this right. Vince underscore india yeah there it is there it is i had it up follow him on i don't have it pulled up (laughs) no it was pulled up but i was too busy scrolling through all the great tweets he's had over the years that's it wasn't at the top Um, but yeah appreciate it man and uh good luck and we're definitely gonna be following along uh all season but maybe we'll see you in the valspar dude that'd be awesome yeah that'd be really cool so we'll uh we'll see you gotta make all the putts and hopefully you, you just catch lightning you know Hell yeah, and then Hell we'll yeah. Uh, we'll play a little me and Spencer best ball against you at Butler. Ooh, all right, I we'll love it. We'll get you guys some shots. <laughs> I think you're gonna need them. We'll, we'll work that out. Yeah, liquid <laughs> shots as well. Hundred <laughs> percent. Love it. Well, thanks again, man. We appreciate it, and uh, good luck this year. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Hope to see you very shortly. All right. Appreciate you. Absolutely. Man. You too. See ya.